Coming to you from the Center for Social Confidence in Portland, Oregon, welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy, helping men everywhere go from social anxiety to social domination, with your host, Dr. Aziz. Welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking more about creativity, confidence and creativity, and Sometimes people hear that and they're like, well, eh, not for me. I'm not creative. And whoa, if you had that thought or that belief, you especially need to listen to today's show because we're going to be really expanding what our definition of creativity is. I mean, creativity is something that you're going to use every day. This isn't just about writing a book or, you know, making a piece of music. Although you might find that the more you do stuff like that, write, create, sing, dance, paint, whatever your thing is, the more alive you feel. But all of that stuff aside, creativity is essential in your business, in your work. Creativity is essential for handling problems in your family life, in your personal life, in relationships with your kids, with your wife, with your girlfriend, with women that you want to date. Learning how to talk to women requires a huge amount of creativity. Being an exceptional conversationalist and knowing things to say and being able to tell stories and engage people and be naturally magnetic to others, that requires Creativity, knowing what to say next in a conversation. So creativity encompasses everything from your social life to your personal life to your business life to your own fulfillment and pursuing, you know, expression, self-expression is what we're really talking about here. And the best person to talk to about this is Ben, who's my guest expert. We're getting the second half of the interview because he is a powerhouse with creativity and helping people unlock their creativity. So without further ado... Let's dive back into that interview with Ben. Expert interview. But what about when you're thinking about your audience just in general? How, like maybe before you even wrote that first book, what were you thinking about um, when you were when you were about ready to when you, oh even before when you when you sat down to write it or, or as you were beginning that process? How are you perceiving um, the impact of the book? How are you perceiving it, its reception? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that I was focused a lot on who I wanted to help and yes. what I wanted to help them do. And I was thinking about all the people that I'd worked with and said, okay, like if I was going to guide someone along the path that I saw people who were successful in working with me, if I was going to guide people on that path, what would that path be? And let me write to them and speak to them. And that was my primary focus. I, I did, of course, have questions of what if this is not people, what if it gets, what if it's poorly received? What if people generally the unanimous consensus is, you know, two stars, nice try, but you <laughs> suck, um, is, you know, that, that did cross my mind. And, you know, the funny thing is I think it was a testament to how much confidence I developed already that I didn't spend really any time stressing about it. And the thought was just, um, well, then my next one will be better. That's great. That's great. So there's, a, there's a, a, an idea that I've heard, and I offer this as well. It says, shoot for your third time. Make the third time the best one. Mm. Uh, in other words, take rapid action. 
And the reason is I think part of it is that your identity begins to shift as you're doing that. And inevitably, no matter how much anticipation and, and premeditation you sort of involve in your process, you will always learn something um, halfway through and then all the way through that you didn't know before. Right? So in other words, you got to do it to make it better. Like you got to grow. And when I'm, t- when I'm talking with my writers, often what I say to them is, great, we're going to get through this book. It's going to be amazing. I also want you to start thinking about your second book. Because that just instantly takes the pressure off on it, that there's going to be more. There's going to be another time to do it. And, and again, this goes right back to the notion of um, it's about, uh, it's about um, experimentation almost, or it's about continual action. That's such a, more, it's such a great way to hold it. And it's interesting when you tell them, I want you to be thinking about your second book. It, it implies or assumes or presupposes that they'll they'll already write their first one and be working on their second one. So, yes, you know, exactly. sneaky NLP uh, exactly. you know, <laughs> uh, future paces then, but uh, yeah. we could geek out on that. But um, what I it's, it's so valuable because I think people have all this fear, it's going to go terribly. And then at the same time, we have this idea, and I was just uh, working on this with a client earlier today, where it's this... Uh, okay, I've avoided this for so long. Now I'm going to work up the courage and I'm going to do it. And then we sort of have this entitled expectation that the first time we do it, it's going to it's supposed to go awesome. It's like, well, I worked up my courage. So right. therefore God or the universe yeah. or whoever's controlling this whole show better give me what I want because I showed up my end of the bargain yeah. by doing it. You know, you're bringing up like a really good point with this. It's like there's a couple of things. And this I was thinking about when you were talking about th- uh, serving your clients or the people reading the book. If you think about serving others, and this is actually super useful for those, for anybody who's, who's really struggling with social anxiety the way I had, and people who are really struggling to sort of form healthy relationships with people that are attracted to, as well as just friendships. Think about it this way, and especially with the book and creativity, you're trying to offer something. You're doing this for others. You're doing this as a form of service to the world. And truly, that's how friendships and relationships should be, anyways. If, you don't, if you're not serving the people around you, then, then it's kind of a selfish relationship. But if you're actually like approaching somebody with the mentality that like you're going to serve them, it takes your ego out of it. It, takes, it. it eliminates this problem that you're talking about right here. And same thing with the book. Once I start telling people and we start talking about this idea that your experiences, your life, your voice is shaped to serve and to speak to a particular group of people. And those people are waiting for your voice and for your impact, that starts to shift them as well. Hmm. And I think that people can think about that same attitude when they're building a business, when they're meeting strangers, when they're speaking in front of a group, when they're trying to ask for a raise. Think about value. How much value are you offering? It's not about asking. It's just about being, it's about being received for the amount of impact that you're giving. Hmm. Positive impact. Absolutely. I find that very freeing. Absolutely. And uh, we can hear your passion as you're speaking. You're, uh, you're actually picking up some pounding <laughs> on the yeah. table. Yeah, I can't help it. I, I get, I get, I'm a little bit of a, a passionate Italian boy. I grew, I grew up on the East Coast with an Italian family, so I speak with my hands as much as I do with my mouth. Just pounding on the table. This yeah, is my I point. I write a book that will just be me, the pictures of me shaking my hands. <laughs> it's a gesture book. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, man, because y- you're inspiring. I mean, talking to you, it just you can feel the this this freedom of like yeah why one why not several i mean it's just it helps people which to to help free people even more let's look at this you said something at the very beginning of our of our conversation where you said back when i was really shy 
I had a hard time doing all these different things. And one of the things you mentioned was asserting what I believed in because of fear of others' opinions. And it's funny because uh, whether it's a book or a song or a poem or whatever expression we're going to do, any, any sort of creativity, uh, even in the marketing for your business, you know, there, there's, there's an assertion of here I am, here's what I believe in or here's what I'm offering or here's what I'm presenting to you, whoever is going to receive it. And there's, a, I think, a, a great deal of fear around standing behind what we say. Um, and I'm curious, how have you found or how do you help people get that more of that confidence to stand behind what they're saying, to believe in what they're saying more? That's great. I think it's, uh, hmm. I don't know if people don't believe in what they're saying. I think that if somebody is left to just be comfortable with themselves, like if they go home, if they arrive at their heart, if they arrive at their origin, all ideas and thoughts come quite organically. I'm, I'm realizing this right now in this conversation. Mm. There's a little bit of anxiety that comes up thinking that a lot of people are going to be listening to this. and Of course, I want to come across very polished and like really amazing and be like the most impressive dude in the world, right? Uh, and then I have to say something that is other. So I think the simple shift here is that when people allow themselves to just be who they are in that sense, they allow themselves to assert their instinctive responses or their instinctive um, creativity, whatever it is that they're, 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 trying to, they're trying to do, while also developing to be better at what they do, um, then it's actually very easy for them to produce that. What gets in the way is that they lean into others, they try to anticipate what others want to hear. Right? And when they're doing that, I think they get away from what comes up organically. You know, they're people pleasing versus like listening to their own heart and their own creativity. Yeah. And there's something really valuable, I think, in, in going back to your origin, going back to your center and trusting that, that there is some inspiration there. But at the same time, working, right? Like, of course, we need to develop. Even if you have amazing talent, it's got to be shaped. We're going to pause right here for just a moment and then we're going to dive back into our interview with guest confidence expert and book coach, Ben Clemenzi Allen. Do you want to know the fastest and most powerful way to completely change your confidence levels for the rest of your life? It requires more than just listening to something or reading a book. It requires you step up and say that you will do whatever it takes to break out of fear and create the confidence you know you deserve in this life. The fastest and most powerful way to create that confidence in yourself it's to work directly with someone who knows exactly what you're going through and who has traveled the road ahead. Go to socialconfidencecenter.com coaching to find out more about how to work directly with Dr. Aziz in private one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah, that's a whole other point is there's uh, because, man, that links so many things because I'm scared of putting myself out there because of other people's opinions or I want to please other people. I'm, um, I don't think it's going to go well in my first attempt, so I'm just not going to. You know, like that woman you mentioned for 12 years was doing that. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, during those 12 years, she's not getting badass at writing books. That's right, yeah. And, you know, so it doesn't mean she doesn't have many books in her. And with your help, now she can start moving. But it's Yeah, really she's actually on her second book now. Boom. She's trying to pitch it to Hollywood agents, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah. There no, you go. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I love it, right? And and that just shows that you can get that momentum. And yes. so and this is true for books. This is true for in you know, say socialize, talking to women. Um, I spent many years avoiding it and not doing it and as a result not getting that good at it. Right. And so we kind of get behind as we are in that stage of waiting and planning and and then in some ways, you know, maybe we, we try to pull that off as a great delay tactic. And then we can say, oh, it's been too long. I'm too old. I missed my boat. And right. uh, so therefore, so how do we break free of that? How do we get into action and start to be more creative in general? What, yeah, how, how can we do question. that? Yeah, cool. Let me, uh, I'll answer that in just one second. I want to go back to this, this other ideas that we we're just kicking around there as well. Um, I think that when people, like when they feel writer's block, when they feel um, like they don't know what to say next in the conversation, that type of thing, it is because they're, they're, they're trying to anticipate what the other person wants to hear or what their audience wants to hear. Mm. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just repeating myself now, but it felt much clearer there. Uh, is that if they, if they just allow themselves to, to be in their space, that it'll just produce organically. I think maybe I'm repeating myself there. But, but it's, it's worth mentioning, and it's so important. I like linking those two, writer's block yeah. and also freezing in a conversation. It, or not it's the same thing. It's the same right. thing, yeah. It is. When people are like, I don't know what to create or I don't know what to do, it's because they're often, yeah, they're associated with fear and they're associated with trying to anticipate the needs of an audience. I'll tell this quick story and then, and this actually will answer your other question as well. So uh, a woman I was working with, uh, a different writer, um, came to me, this was last, uh, this was late spring, um, very gifted, very brilliant young woman, but completely jammed up, like totally stuck. Uh, she would take her, it would hours and hours and hours and hours to do a short 200 word piece. And she was a great writer. Um, but it would take her so long to produce. And so we talked about it and we got really into, and I asked her a lot of questions. I used some of the NLP stuff and, and we go deep into it. And essentially what was happening for her is she had this one belief um, that was informing her. And I, I just, I asked her like, how do you know good writing? And her answer to that was that I will say everything that needs to be said. And I was thinking about that with her in our conversation and, I was feeling the pressure of that. Imagine if you had to say everything that needs to be said in each context. And like every, if you're just writing 200 words, try to say everything that needs to be said. It's, it's, well, the problem is it's so vague. There's no boundary to that. There's no actual criteria for doing it well. So she felt so much pressure in that. And then what we ended up doing is we ended up shifting her, uh, her, her perspective to saying, well, maybe, maybe what would be better is, is saying what I want to say. And that really, we, it just tied back into her. And, and we were using this kind of visual um, metaphor for her as well. And for her, writing was a real kind of, and creativity was a real sort of spiritual process almost where she was picturing like this light, or this energy, like coming from her core out into the world. And, and for her as, as the writer and an artist, that really worked. And, and when we allowed her to, to, to have that, vision it came then her belief around it that she could just write what needed to be said it became intuitive it became natural for her and then she went on like the most prolific streak of her life um, and she wrote me this really wonderful review about it uh, so yeah i mean the, this the lesson in that is that um one of the ways to break through is really find your beliefs 
you know, what is it that's, that's what, what are your beliefs? How do you know, for instance, when something is done? And this is something that is very complicated for artists and for writers, because you can edit something to death and then you can edit it beyond that. Um, but how do you know when something's good or how do you know when something's done? Um, that's a good question that I find I ask a lot. And, and, and the easy answer um, with the books that I write, and, and a lot of the books I help people with are nonfiction, uh, personal development, and, and self-development, and professional development books. The, the thing that we always shift from is from perfection to impact. So often what I have them do is change their beliefs into thinking about impact. Are they impacting their reader? And that's the question they always need to be answering. And that's how they know when something's done, and that helps them create does that make sense yeah it's so interesting too to to see about all the different blocks that people might have that you know because you're right it's it all comes down to our beliefs and and what each person you know i have to say everything that needs to be said when you were saying that i was like good god imagine reading everything that has to be said (laughs) that sounds painful but what's so interesting is hearing that and realizing that that was never a block for me with writing is um i like to produce stuff and get it done and then just like never, never, I, I hated editing. I hate the editing uh-huh, process. Uh-huh. So I'd rather just like, it's like one take. It's how I do all the videos, yeah. all these podcasts, uh, writing even <laughs> books. It was just like, I hear, have an editor do that for me. And then he like would, came, came back with me with huge amounts of edits. And I kind of looked at a few of them and I was like, yeah, that's great. I approve them all. And he's like, What? Like, no, you, and he, he wouldn't let me approve them all. <laughs> so then I took it back to my house and like looked through a few more of them. And I was like, yep, uh, here you go. I read them all. I approve, I approve them all. Actually, I picked like three or four to just kind of tweak a little bit. So it looked like, because <laughs> I was just like, I'm such a big idea person. I just want to get uh-huh. the ideas out. Um, so it's, well, what, what are you thinking about? How do you know what's up? That's a great question because I do have a completion point with something. Um, let me think. Yeah. How would I uh, – when I feel like it provides – because, I mean, I'm not writing fiction. I'm writing nonfiction yes. with, a, with a purpose. It's transformational communication. The purpose yes. is someone's going to read this and as a result have a shift internally that's going to lead to a different life. And I feel complete when it's like this – offers enough to produce a shift for the exactly. person. Yeah, that's that's what I say to my reader, my authors is that uh, it's impact, not perfection. Mm. You know, it's thinking about that person. So so again, I mean, like we're sort of answering the question, right? How do you become more um, creative and how do you how do you unleash that creativity? You get your freaking ego out of the way. You know, you let go of like uh, of your own things and you think about your audience. And you think about what needs to be said. And it's odd, right? Because this is a real tightrope. You and I have particular messages. You have a particular message that serves certain people, and it serves them amazingly. I've seen the results you've gotten. Uh, you know, I'm one of them. You and I work together. You've helped me a lot. And so you're very good at serving certain people. So your voice is part of your ego, and your voice is something that's been shaped through your personality. But at the same time, we have to like abolish the ego and kind of get that thing out of the way so that we're allowed to be a channel. And that's how I think about it. Allow yourself to be a channel. You know, each channel sort of shaped differently. If you're thinking about it as a water, is a channel that carries water. You know, like every river is sort of has a different uh, topology and texture and movement and whatever, and climate and environment. And, um, so, 
you, you are unique in, in many ways, and it's your duty to be unique, but it's also your duty to get out of the way and allow that impulse and that energy to come up through you. And actually, I, this helps me so much. Just saying this reminds me about being, um, about my own impulses, like, and my own creativity is that, yeah, like really, I, I do believe on some level we're all given something to, to share. Like we live, humans are a, spe- a species that needs uh, community. We don't survive on our own. We wouldn't have lived this long as a species if we didn't have community. And we thrive in community. And we all desire and long for community. Social anxiety, the very problem, the reason why it's so huge for so many people is because the pain of not having community is enormous. So it's deep in us to want community. So each person has something to contribute to that community. So get in touch with what that is and allow it to just be because it's always been there. Hmm. And it's always going to be there and until you open up to it and let it just come out, it will always nag at you. You know, and that's why people keep coming up against us. That's why people are listening to this podcast. That's why people write books. That's why I'm hitting the table again. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people do these things. It's because they have that. Just this ties it all back to the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. Is that people have this desire to be bigger, this desire to serve, uh, and this desire to be a part and to be seen for something. You know, I think it's Marx who talks about this idea that we to be a human is to imprint something into the world with our labor. That that's one of the highest functions that we can have. You know, not to get political here, but I, I love the, the philosophy of that. Hmm. And that it is something that we all feel so compelled uh, to do in some way. I mean, people, some people do that by building a family. Some people do that by uh, having a, an amazing relationship. Some people do that by making a house or a sculpture or... or um, uh, a book or, or a poem or a play or a song or whatever it is um, but the, yeah but they gotta they gotta listen to that impulse I call it divine restlessness they gotta listen to that impulse for more and for bigger because they're being called to grow we're gonna pause for just one more moment right now and then we're gonna get back into the conclusion of my interview with Ben which is probably the best part of the entire interview it gets really powerful I got chills as we were doing it so you're gonna want to stay tuned for that in just a moment Are you ready to take charge of your confidence, your career, your relationships, and your life? In order to experience a true transformation, you must take massive action. That is exactly why Dr. Aziz created Confidence Unleashed. Learn exactly how to shift negative thinking, eliminate your fear of rejection, and activate a sense of power and confidence in your body whenever you need it. Go to www.confidenceunleashed now to find out more. I love it, man. And it's inspiring because it highlights that each of us, every single, you, me, and every single person listening right now has a lot to offer. It's not just yes. one thing either. It's a continual, sure. a continual creative dance of expression. And, it, and sometimes we tend to say, oh, that person's a really great singer. Obviously, their gift is singing. And, and we somehow devalue our own contribution. Right. It's like, well, I'm nothing like that. And it, and, it, and we forget that the contribution could be as simple as this morning before I came to work, I was out in the yard with my son, Zaim, and he's a year and a half now. And, and we were digging in the backyard with spoons. <laughs> and uh, he like pats the ground next to him, indicating he wants me to sit there. And I sit down and we start it's like, where are we going to put the dirt? Oh, now we're going to put the dirt in this bowl. Now we're going to go make mud. And like that is an that is a contribution that is an impact yes, that is a yes. gift that's an offering to him in that moment 
and I and I and, I, and we want to start thinking of creativity as that. It's like this, yes. this giving in the moment, whether it's your voice, your opinion, your thought, your humor, your singing, your dance, the way you move your body, um, your book, your writing. I mean, there's just endless ways. And I've found, and I'm yeah. sure uh, you've probably seen this with yourself and your clients, Ben, that the more the more creative I am, the more alive I feel. Without a doubt, without a doubt, I, yeah. All of all of what you're saying is so true. It's it's really resonating with me, um, it, because it's it goes to our life essence, right? And in some ways, I mean, I'm going to get all woo woo right now, but but uh, uh, you know, creative energy is what causes things to live in some sense, in some even metaphorical way, right? Trees grow and they keep flourishing because of this energy that exists. But uh, so we do, when we're in touch with that, we feel alive. We don't feel blocked. We don't feel stagnant. We feel really alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what, I just wanted to echo what you said about contribution. You know, let's say that I know your book hasn't done this and I know your second book won't do this either, but if, let's say that just 10 people read your book. That's 10 people whose lives maybe were changed. You know, like that, like that. Maybe we are meant to just. Who knows how, how we're meant to contribute, and, and who knows how big those contributions are going to be after we, after they they directly impact the people yeah. um, around us. You know, it's the butterfly effect in some sense. My book might impact one person, and then impact, and that person impacts five thousand others. You know, and so on and so forth. We don't know. We just it's our duty in some ways to contribute. Yeah, I love that man, and and it's highlights. You know, when I you talk about getting your ego out of the way and whenever I have a setback in some way in my business or something, let's maybe I try to put I do some sort of training or class and no one shows up or uh, there's a client and there's a potential to work together and they say no or something falls through and I feel rejected or discouraged. And then I'm in this phase of like, oh, man, I failed. Right. You know, this looks bad. My ego gets all wrapped up in it. The way I get out of that, and I try to do it quicker and quicker now, is to is to say, like, it's not about those results. This is what I'm here to do. And I'm here to try to serve as many people in this way as I can. Yeah. And it's, so it's about that. It's about that. It doesn't matter if it's 10,000 people. Maybe it's just five. Yes. But, so it's, it's about the... Um, the dedication to that sharing or exactly. that impact rather than the specific exactly. result. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. The results aren't in our hands. They never happen. They never will be. You know, we can do as much as we can, but the world will respond to us the way the world will respond to us. And we can try and we should try and we should try to make that the best message possible, but we don't necessarily get to control how it's heard even. Some people misconstrue our message. That's okay too. But, uh, the, the, the other thing I was thinking about with that is that, uh, did I lose my thought there? Um, yeah, I lost it. But uh, there's something else in there with that, with giving your, delivering your message and, and being committed to your message. Oh, right. Okay, so the fear, right? Uh, in the back of my mind, I'm still answering your question a little bit around uh, how do you become more creative. And part of it for me, and this again, just this, this sort of, this as a principle runs through a lot of my thinking these days and, and with my clients as well. It, it's our duty to try to, uh, bring our message to the world and to try to bring our uh, creativity to the world and, and make our impact in the world. It's also our duty to face the fears and discomfort that comes with that. You know, and that I think is awesome that sometimes just facing the fear is our duty. 
And it doesn't matter how it goes. Sometimes my, you know, for me, I'm, I'm building this business, or, you know, I'm launching these books and, and your book is coming out through the press and I've got another, a bunch of other books lined up and it's a really amazing thing. And, and doing self-promotion can be very anxiety-provoking for me when I'm lost in, these, in the fears. And when I come out of that, uh, you know, one of the ways to come out of that is just think, wow, challenges, i.e. fears, are an amazing invitation to grow. They're an amazing invitation to be bigger. And actually, it's my job to do that. It's my job to step over those fears and to walk through them and learn how to reframe them. Hmm. You know, and like that is really heartening for me. Yeah, I love it. It's empowering and yeah. and so valuable, man. And and the work that you're doing and all the iterations, and I've seen you help people in a ton of ways. I mean, we didn't get into all this, but Ben um, has helped, I don't know, hundreds of guys personally through mentorship in um, AA guys who want to just get more comfortable in themselves, overcome stress and anxiety, thousands of students, and yeah. now all these writers and people want to put their message out with the book. So, yeah. I mean, your impact on the world is is awesome. And um, I think that what's really cool about what you're doing now is each writer that you help to put that next book out there, that's going to be impacting hundreds, yes, thousands, hundreds yeah. of thousands, millions yeah. of people. So um, that's amazing. And speaking of that, uh, we're about at the end of our time. So oh, let's wow, get to that some... went so fast. I know, time flies. <laughs> uh, let's get to some shameless self-promotion. So oh, dude, how can people find out about you, the work you're doing? You mentioned your press. Let's say someone wants to get something published. Let's say someone yeah. wants to get some help to write a book in 10 hours, which yeah. is freaking incredible. Yeah, how can people yeah. get in touch with you? We also make books bestsellers, man. I mean, we, we got all the strategies. We got all the stuff. We'll get good, beautiful covers. You know, we really walk people through the whole process. Um, so how do people get in touch with me? Right now, uh, one of the easiest ways, and I want to kind of build some energy around this, is we have a Facebook page, um, Thought Leader Press. Uh, you guys can find that. So Thought Leader Press, it's on Facebook. Check us out. We'll also be offering all kinds of great discounts and deals for people that follow us because um, – uh, we have various launch uh, initiatives and things, and, um, and Aziz also is taking part in some of this as well. So check us out there. I also have uh, a web page that's being designed right now. It's called, uh, or it's thethoughtleaderpress.com. That's thethoughtleaderpress.com. And on there, uh, you guys will find uh, coming up soon is I'll be having a workshop for people about creativity and courage, about how to be more creative and about how to overcome what Stephen Pressfield calls resistance and, and how to get through and really be the person you want to be and like create the things you want to create and just become unplugged and you to feel alive and to feel fearless and to feel that way in social contexts. Uh, well, it's, it's not necessarily about social context, but it's about that in the creative process, but you can certainly use it to, to, to spill over in any sort of area of your life, um, an area where you're trying to build, you're trying to build a business or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be about creativity and, and courage, and in particular about writing um, and about creative projects. So that'll be available through Thought Leader um, Press or thethoughtleaderpress.com, and I will be giving discounts for anybody that comes through this program. And uh, I'll will tell you guys how to do that on the website once it's uh, once it's up and running. So awesome, and we'll have links to those things down below at uh, shrinkfortheshyguy.com. Uh, that's shrinkfortheshyguy.com. So any, any of the links that he mentioned will be down there. And uh, one question for you. So this workshop about creativity yeah. and courage, which I love yeah. that uh, idea, is this going to be uh, something that people can access uh, via the web? Or yeah, it's going to be online. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be 
probably a webinar structure um, that will be recorded as well, so people can, won't be able to be there face-to-face, um, -face, so to speak. They can listen to the recording later. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Um, we're going to touch on a bunch of different sort of categories uh, about creativity in the process and, and, and ways to make it uh, uh, more exciting and, and, enter and entertaining and energetic and, and more service-oriented, right, in some ways. Um, yeah, so that'll be online, and it'll, it'll be... Uh, between five and ten uh, meetings, I know that's a that's a lot of that's a big range, but it really depends right now on a, on a couple of features that I'm working out. But it's going to be absolutely amazing. So yeah, awesome. Well, dude, I I that sounds like a really cool program, and everything else that you're offering is great. So we'll link everyone up to the Thought Leader Press, and thank you so much for sharing your ideas and helping inspire yes. all of us to just be yes. more badass and creative <laughs> in our lives. Yeah, Aziz, thank you so much, man. It's been a real gift to, to, uh, to be on the show with you and to, uh, and to know you over these last year. So cool. Thank you so much. That brings us to the end of the interview and the end of our time together here today, except for we can't leave without doing one thing. That's right. Your action step. Time for action. Your action step for today is to do something creative, but that also involves facing a fear. So something creative that involves facing a fear. So if you love to paint and you know pulling out your, your easel and whatever and doing a painting, you love to draw or you love to write and you just kind of do that in your room and you don't feel any fear about it, that's not the mission for today. That's not your action step. Last week, we looked at doing something that was creative. This week, we want to combine facing a fear with doing something creative. So maybe it's sharing your opinion more openly with a group of people. Maybe it's sharing a song with someone that you love. Maybe it's putting your writing out there in a blog post or starting to put something together for what you know is going to be publicly seen. Now we're talking, right? So if you get a little nervous, you get a little uncomfortable, good, right? Remember, as Ben said, that's your duty. That's your job is to face the fear. There's something calling you. There's that divine restlessness which is only fulfilled. Our divine calling, our purpose is only fulfilled when we start to face our fear in the service of our creativity. And you just might find that you feel more alive than you have in a long time. So go ahead and do that. That's your action step. And until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are, to share who you are with the world, with your creativity, and to know and remember on a deep level that you're awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.